Welcome to the Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where the conversation is always hot and fresh. Comfort food for your soul is always on the menu, and friends are close enough to hug. Pull up a chair. We've been waiting just for you. Welcome to Encouragement Cafe. Today I have the privilege of bringing one of my friends from, uh, she's been on a couple of times now, but this is a woman that I deeply admire. She has sold many, many books and uh, millions of people have uh, listened and read and learned from Liz Curtis Higgs. And Liz, thank you for once again sitting at the Encouragement Cafe table with me and just sharing life. Always a joy, man. Thank you. Well, honey, you have a brand new book out that I'm really excited about. I think, you know, anytime you write about women, it just, it pulls me in and it makes me want to read it because can I just be honest? There are a lot of books that um, I, I'm afraid I'm not going to live up to. <laughs> and oh, yeah, I get that. That's not the kind of book I write. I am not out to intimidate my sisters, but to encourage them. I know, I know. And that's what I love. And this new book is called The Women of Easter. And so I've got to ask you, like, what made you want to write this book? Why? Well, I did a book called The Women of Christmas uh, in 2013 um, and was so amazed to see how God used three different women from three different groups of people, different ages, different backgrounds, to usher in his son into the world, uh, specifically Elizabeth, Mary, and Anna. Uh, and of course, if you're going to look at Christmas, our, one of our big Christian holidays, the bigger holiday, in my opinion, the one that really matters is Easter. Um, unfortunately, in our culture, Easter just sort of appears. You know, it's different weekends each year, so it's a little harder to plan ahead for it. Um, but I feel like we just kind of suddenly are, are, oh, it's Good Friday, and then it's Easter, and, you know, the baskets come out, and the, and the chocolate bunnies, and what have you, and we miss the joy of really seeing all that Easter means for those who love Jesus. Mm. So, um, so I looked at the story afresh, and wouldn't you know, once again, God uses three women very specifically in the life of Jesus through that, the lead up to what we often call Holy Week, and then, of course, Good Friday, and the Great Sabbath, or Holy Saturday, whatever name you might think of, and then, of course, Easter Sunday, the biggest day of our lives, really, every year. And so, um, but th this group of women are all named Mary, so we have Mary, 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 <laughs> and none are contrary. Uh, Mary of uh, Bethany, a woman, I'll be honest, we know about her, but I didn't know about her. You know what I'm saying? We, we have that, we think of that thing back and forth with Martha, and we know vaguely that Mary anoints Jesus' feet. Um, it wasn't until I really studied the Word, really got in there, pulled each verse apart, looked at each phrase, sometimes each word, that you begin to understand what an incredible woman she was, even though in the Bible she just gets one line of dialogue. Mm. One line. And it's actually sort of a half line, because then she sort of falls to her feet sobbing. Bless her, she just was a woman who felt 
everything uh, and was deeply moved. And when Mary cried, very soon thereafter comes that verse that we all know, the two words, Jesus wept. Mm. And he wept because the people he cared about were weeping at the pain of death. And I think, you know, Jesus was anxious to show us, death is not the end. Watch this. Uh, And, of course, the raising of Lazarus comes. uh, And that, as much as anything, is a rehearsal for Easter. Not that Jesus needed to practice, I don't mean that kind of rehearsal. But for everybody else, they needed to see it could be done that you actually could be in a grave for four days, not three, four days, and, you know, get to the point where you stinketh, as Martha (laughs) said, and still be raised from the dead. Um, So we get Mary of Bethany, we get Mary of Nazareth, the mother of Jesus. The fact that she could even stand at the cross, Luann. Can't imagine. I can't imagine. Mm. I just can't imagine. She knew who Jesus was, who he truly was, really better than anybody else on the planet. She was the one who had heard from Gabriel in person all about her son. Right. So I think she would have been the most tuned in to who he was and what God had planned for him. Though many of the disciples never got it, Jesus would say, look, people, this is the LRV, the revised version. Look, people, I'm going to die. I'm going to be killed, and then I'm going to rise from the dead, and I'll see you in Galilee. He would say those things, and whoop, right over their heads. Right. They just missed it. Um, but I, in my heart of hearts, I am thinking his mother did not miss it. Mm-hmm. His mother was told when Jesus was only 40 days old and she took him to the temple to be um, for her cl- her cleaning and to present him to the Lord. I've always thought that was amazing, God being presented to God. Isn't that something? <laughs> About it, yeah. Um, but 40 days into the life of Christ on earth, um, Mary was told by Simeon, a sword will pierce your own heart. Um, and so she knew pain was coming. Can I just be honest with you? As as the mom of kids, I can't imagine being quiet and watching it happen. I mean, the mama bear in me would want to rise up and say, wait a minute, don't you understand what you're doing? I mean, don't, I'm amazed at how she is able to just let it happen because she knows that it is bigger than anything that she could do. You know, it's, it is something that we all had to have happen for us to know the, the thrill of being free from sin because he went to the cross for us. But man, as a mama, I cannot imagine remaining silent. If all Jesus had to do was die for our sins, and I don't, that sounds flip it. I don't mean it that way. Right. But if the death alone was the atonement, um, then I would have prayed that it was quick, that he would be hung, that he would be, um, a sword would pierce his heart, that it would be a very quick and fairly merciful kind of death. But the fact that he had to hang on the cross, and of course, even before that, he was dragged through the streets, he was scourged, he was, you know, whipped and beaten, and and every awful thing had already happened to him. Now he's hanging on the cross for six hours. Mm. 
that is apparently what it took for him to pay for the sins of the world. Six hours. Um, You know, in a 24-hour day, six hours doesn't seem like too long, but if you're in excruciating pain, um, being displayed by the side of the road for everyone to walk by and belittle you and curse you and throw things at you, and um, it's just, it's more than I'm worth. Mm. It's more than any of us are worth. It's more than than, uh, we would ever ask of anyone and yet there is Jesus willingly. Um, his life was not taken from him. He laid it down. And Mary, too, had to lay it down. This was God's son. It was also Mary's son. So she had to, she had to sacrifice him even as he sacrificed himself. Um, no wonder she's a hero. No wonder she's revered and loved by so many. And then Mary Magdalene, you know, I love, I always love a happy ending, and she gives it to us <laughs> <laughs> on the Easter morning. First of all, even before Easter, she's the one at the tomb on Friday, and, uh, and so Mary Magdalene is there, and on uh, the Sabbath the night, after the Sabbath ends on, in essence, Saturday night, she is hurrying out to the markets, which reopened after the Sabbath, to get spices for the next day. And on Easter morning, she rises very early, the Bible says, just before sunrise. It's a very particular time. The sun has not crested the horizon yet. It's still pretty dark in the streets of Jerusalem. And Mary Magdalene and other women are running through the streets, headed for the tomb. Uh, It's outside of the city gates, so it would have taken them perhaps 15 minutes to get there. Um, And they are on a mission Jesus is gone, they believe, but they still want to minister to him. They still want to serve him. And then that morning unfolds, and it is one incredible morning. It really (laughs) is. Before all is said and done, you've got Roman guards falling down dead and a a dead person who's risen from the dead. It's just that kind of morning. Wow. Um, And uh, minute by minute, it's described for us in the Gospels, and it's all about the women, the women, the women, the women, the women. Just amazing that they would be the ones to go to the tomb, to see the risen Christ, in the case of Mary Magdalene, to go back and tell the disciples, who then come running and look for themselves and go, yep, the tomb is empty, but they don't see the risen Christ. But Mary does, Mary Magdalene does. And then she is sent by Christ. Get your head around this. A woman formerly filled with seven demons, so maybe not the most credible witness that we would choose. And he tells her, go and tell my disciples. It couldn't be clearer than that. That Mm -hmm. calling is strong. Go and tell. And Mary, who doesn't say what I would have said, look, I already went and I told. (laughs) And, And they didn't buy it. They thought I was crazy, is what the scripture says. They thought they were out of their minds. Right. Um, you know, she she could have resisted. I would have said, oh, Jesus, please come with me. You know, I can see you here. I want them to see you. She does not resist his call at all. She goes and says five words that changed the world. I have seen the Lord. Wow. I mean, that is a great picture for all of us, all of us women that are listening to this story right now, as as Liz is sitting here telling us 
when God calls us and says, go and tell, it really doesn't matter if the rest of the world is believing us or not. It doesn't really matter about our feelings. All we need to embrace in that moment is that the Savior of the world has called us and trusts us to go and tell. Yeah, well, Manny doesn't even actually give her the option. Right. <laughs> he doesn't say, Are, would you consider going and telling? Mm-hmm. You know, would you pray about it? He, none of that. Go and tell. Now, how could he say that to her? Because he knew she would go and tell. Right. You know, he wasn't waiting for an answer in the same way when Gabriel brought the news to Mary that she was going to be with child. But the truth is, he wasn't waiting for an answer. Her answer was going to be yes. God knew that. He chose wisely. And so with Mary, um, he knew. He knew exactly how that day was going to unfold. But we, we just stand in amazement, and we put ourselves in her shoes and say, could I do that? If that was my calling to tell the most important news the world has ever heard, first of all, could I do it in five words? Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, me of many words. Could I do it in five? Right. Wow. And could I say it with such conviction that they believed me? Mm. You know, but notice what she is saying. I have seen, not I've seen an empty tomb, not I've, I've touched his discarded garments. She actually touches the Lord. Um, and she heard him, oh, and this just is amazing, speak her name. Yeah. He said her name. And even though seven of the women in the New Testament were named Mary, when he said Mary, she knew exactly which Mary she was, he was talking to and, of course, who was speaking. Yes. My daddy's been gone for 17 years, but I can tell you, if he called me on the phone today, he would only have to say my name, mm. and I would know it was my father. Absolutely. You know, my father-in-law passed away last summer, and he was supposed to get mm. hearing aids, and on the day that he was supposed to get them, he went into the hospital never to come back out. And I remember saying, hey, Dad, do you, uh, do you think we're going to need to get some of those hearing aids in here in the hospital? And he said, you know, I think I'm going to hear God's voice just fine. And that's exactly what Mary was experiencing right there. She heard God's voice just fine. Just fine, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, she had ears to hear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she, she had what she needed um, and feet to run. Uh, and a heart to share. Um, She ran and told anybody who would sit still long enough to listen, I have seen the Lord. Oh, you know, it's it's so marvelous. I I giggle when people say, oh, Lizzie, you know, when you tell the story of the Bible, you make the Bible come alive. That always makes me laugh. Luann, it's the living Word of God. Yes. It needs no help from Liz (laughs) Curtis Higgs. Not one bit. You know, there are so many great nuggets in every verse and every passage, and I I love the way you do break it down. I think that that's key, because too often we do try to just take it in great big gulps, and then we miss the little tiny nuances of what God's trying to say to us. What's the lesson that he wants us to learn in that particular verse? And sometimes there are are truths of that time period that we really need to know to even understand what they're talking about. Right. The thing I mentioned earlier about um, Jews 
understanding that until the fourth day you weren't truly dead. Um, I didn't know that. That was a new fact for me to discover, and it made everything make sense. Because mm-hmm. um, I, otherwise I'm like, really, Lord, wouldn't three days in the grave be just enough? Nope, had to be four, had to be. And of course, Jesus tarried instead of uh, coming as soon as he got word from Mary and Martha that their brother was ill. He tarried for two days. But he did this very intentionally, and he told his disciples, it's good that I wait. There's a purpose for this. And, of course, he told them, "Uh, don't worry, Lazarus is asleep. But, you know, we'll go wake him up. (laughs) They say, this is another one of those funny one-liners of the Bible to me. Their response is, well, if he's sick, then sleeping is exactly what he should do. And that that LRV is pretty close to the to the NIV, <laughs> but um, you know that they're just taking it so literally. Oh, he's sick and in bed. Well, that's where he needs to be. Then Jesus finally had to say it out. Look, Lazarus is dead. Now he's a day's walk away. He he only would know that because he's Jesus, Son of God. Right. And we know that story has a very happy ending, but not immediately. Imagine Mary and Martha watching their brother die, sending out a message for their friend, their miracle worker, who doesn't come and doesn't come and doesn't come. When he does come, it's too late. Um, That's some serious heartache. Mm -hmm. And I have to tell you, Luann, in the writing of this book, I lost all three of my brothers. And so this whole story with Mary and Martha losing their brother, ooh, hit very close to home for this girl. So you're prepared in some ways for your grandparents to pass on, and then as you mature for your parents, but your siblings, mm-hmm. oh boy, oh boy. And mine are all older than me. I knew this day was going to come, but still, so hard. But boy, haven't we all been there when right. we pray for someone to be healed, and it doesn't happen. Right. It just doesn't happen. And we pray for comfort, and we're just not sure... God, are you there? Mm. And I think this story shows us Jesus is definitely there. He has assuredly heard us. But for sometimes reasons we don't always grasp, Mm -hmm. there's a bigger picture there of what he has planned. And it is a good plan. It may not seem good in the moment, but the end result, which he can see and we cannot, is going to be glorious. I love that um, Jesus took the time to tell us that he wept, because I think that's a very important little two-word verse in the Bible, because oftentimes we see him go from miracle to miracle to baptism to healing, and we can kind of lose sight that he had feelings and felt the emotion of his friends just like we do in those grieving processes. Right. Right. When we suffer, he suffers with us. When mm-hmm. we grieve, he grieves with us. And that, I think, is the ultimate comfort when you're going through a very hard time. Is And that's what I always pray for, for people, too, is the awareness of his presence. Mm-hmm. Because that is about the only thing that can get you through those very dark days, is just knowing you're not alone. Yes, that Christ right. is with you and understands the pain. Uh, better fact that we could ever imagine he understands pain. 
So Liz, I've got to ask you, I mean, you're constantly writing books that we all love and we'd love to read um, and, and get your insight, but how do you keep fresh? You know, I understand when you're out and, and talking to groups, it can be a little draining at times. So how do you stay refreshed in your own heart and life? Well, just like everybody else does in the Word, just being in the Word and then digging in the Word. You know, I would say it's one thing to read it, but it's another thing to study it, a third thing to memorize it. Um, I, I feel like I'm not as good at Scripture memory as I used to be, but that's still no excuse. We're still slugging away. Uh, and, of course, it makes me giggle because Jesus wept was the one all of us learned. So if a teacher <laughs> called on you and said, do a verse of the Bible, we were ready with that's John exactly 11.35. Right. That's exactly right. <laughs> but, um, you know, it, it, the Word is our life. It's what feeds us, uplifts us, mm. keeps us going. It's our fuel. It's our food. Um, and so it's simply that. And then, of course, yeah, the speaking can be draining, but it's also energizing. Just to be with our sisters, to have the delight of pouring into them and then watching them leak, as it were, yes. you know, get so full that they begin to splash on everybody around them. And um, to watch women's faces change, Luann is incredible. I know it's not me. There's nothing to do with me. I just get the joy of looking at them when it happens. But I know that I know it is God's Word going forth, doing what He intends for it to do to change us. Um, there is nothing better than that. I had somebody ask when I was speaking last weekend, so what do you do for fun? And I'm like, are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> it never gets more fun then opening the Word of God with my sisters in Christ and my soon-to-be sisters, um, watching it work, at, you know, like a double-edged sword, you know, it cuts us open, it, it makes us be aware of who we are, it makes us face our sin, but also face His grace, um, you know, and then watching people get transformed, make com decisions, commitments, um, to be changed, to go home different women, Oh, yeah. This is as good as it gets. That's as far exactly. As that is exactly right. And I am so excited to announce that Liz Curtis Higgs is going to be with us next year, 2018, on March the 3rd. I cannot wait. She's going to be in Advance, North Carolina with us at Unspeakable Joy. Mark your calendars right now, March the 3rd, because it is going to be as as her husband calls it, it's going to be a Liz sandwich. She's going to open up. <laughs> she's going to open up the day. She's going to close the day, and you're going to want to be a part of that day, Liz. I am over the top excited about you coming and sharing life with us. I am so looking forward to that. But before 2018 gets here, what's next for you? Well, you know, there always is something next. I just got back from ministering in Japan, which was such a joy. One half of 1% of Japanese people are Christian. Oh, my. Just get your head around that little number. Mm. And so to go over there and to encourage the missionaries there that they are doing God's work, because um, they're looking at their fruit trees seem to have barely any fruit. Um, but, you know, God is measuring something far beyond a basket sitting under a tree. Right. Um, and their hearts are 
big and beautiful for God. So it was huge. Um, I have my usual, you know, busy speaking season. I'm finishing up my next book, which is 31 Proverbs to Light Your Path. Um, and then I'll get to write my next historical novel. I don't know if you are a reader of my novels, Luann, but uh, it's been a few years since I've done one. I'm very excited to jump in uh, back into fiction for a book. And so then about that time, I'll be with you. Yay. It'll be great. I can't wait. And I want to thank you so much for being with us today. And girls, I hope you've been encouraged at the Encouragement Cafe today. And until next time, may the God of hope give you the courage to encourage others. We'll see you back here next week. Thanks for joining us today at Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where women gather, friends laugh, and hearts mend. Let's continue our conversation. Hop online when you get a chance to sit down and breathe at encouragementcafe.com. Remember, this is God's ministry, so we ask for your prayers as we reach out to women in Jesus' name. We'll see you back here next week where we fill you up one cup at a time.